May we just continue to celebrate this. Uh, thank you for the Martin family. Um, as we heard in that song, as we sang in that song, that he never lets go through the calms and through the lows. And we are this morning in a place where we have uh, one of our beloved families facing uh, a low. And we want to pray with them. Um, Abina, as you all know, she's a great bright light and a smile and great voice. She is in the hospital currently. She's been in the hospital since Friday. She has lost a lot of blood. Um, they are currently going to do an MRI today to make sure uh, that they can check on her heart and see what's happening. Um, but we want to pray for her health. We want to pray for the doctors. We want to pray for healing. And we want to pray for her family as well. So um, I thought hey, maybe, is it okay to invite you guys up to come pray over you? Like we ask you, yeah, so for Leah and Shania and Doreen, her mom, uh, to come. And we, we want to lay hands. I'm going to ask that some of the lead team um, to come as well. Um, Pastor Brian, I don't know if you would like to pray as well. Yeah. Um, so we'll use one of these mics here, see for Pastor Brian to, to join us as well for some prayer. Lord, I just ask for your hand upon Leia, Leia, Janiah, Janine, and pray for Tiana and Janiah. Pray for all the grandchildren. Pray for the entire family. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen their hearts, keep them hope, keep them faith. I pray for our prayers. I pray for them that the family be praying constantly. I pray for us as our spiritual family, your church, to be praying constantly as well. I ask that you would intervene, that you would intercede, that you would make whatever is happening receive Lord God. I pray that it would be pushed back in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for her blood levels to return to fullness, Lord God. That she would have healthy levels of blood and her iron would return. And I pray that this would be a base that the doctors could find what it is that they're looking for. I pray that they would discover and that they would have means to intervene with medical procedures. But even more, as I pray this morning with the girls, I pray that you would intervene with supernatural dimension. You would intervene with your healing power. That you would be able to fill them up, Lord God. That you would uh, allow them as a family to pray and that their prayers would be heard and you would introduce her body. That you would flood her body with all the health that is uh, meant to be there. That her organs would function normally. That her uh, levels would return to normal. That she would be able to stand up here and praise you and praise God. That she has been healed amongst us, Lord God. That you would be singing out the loudest because of what you've done for we look forward to praying us in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, your word says that prayer of faith will heal the sick. Father, we just thank you that you are there with Abina right now. And Lord, that we are in prayer, prayers of agreement right now. Everyone in this room and those us who know the situation, Father, that we are praying in agreement that, that Abina is completely restored and healed. Yes. Father, we just thank you that Jesus went to the cross, that he laid his body down, that we might have life and have more abundantly. We just thank you for complete healing there, Father. And Lord, we just thank you that the enemy cannot come in any way. Just thank you that you protect her, hedge of protection around her, and also uh, around the family, Father. We just thank you for peace over them. Father, I just thank you that you are provider of all that they need. And Father, I just thank you for the wisdom that you've given even those that are in the hospital today, that anything that uh, is even hidden may be revealed. 
And we just thank you for, for wisdom and, and the doctors, but also for your supernatural ability to crack into our reality and to change the circumstances, Father. And again, just as Sarah said, we look forward to being able to rejoice and celebrate with Amina for all that you have done through her, Father, for her heart to be able to care for people, for the uh, those that are disenfranchised, for her love for them, Father. I just thank you that you, you've not finished with her yet, and you have more work for her and for the girls to do. We just give you thanks for this now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We pray for you guys through the coming weeks, that's for sure. I think it's a timely time for the, the topic that I'm preaching on today, which is the topic of faith and taking up the shield of faith. Um, we all uh, know there was times and seasons where we need to take up faith and, and trust. Uh, when we're thinking about our children, it's one of the hardest things to do sometimes. Um, my child, one of my oldest, uh, he is away at camp. He went up to LIT, which is leadership and training. and. Uh, He's doing all sorts of things up there for four weeks. He's actually with uh, Abby Martin up there as well. And um, I got, we talked to him yesterday on the phone, and uh, some of my fears were not allayed because uh, he's like, oh yeah, we went on a portage trip, and one of the people got hypothermia like, to the point where they're gonna have to like, get, almost get men back to the hospital. And I had heat stroke, and I'm like, wait, this is not helping some of it. Um, but I was thinking about him training at, at leadership and training, and he is uh, probably undergoing, you know, a lot of those like training exercises we've all gone through before. And one of the ones I was thinking about was you know, the, the trust, where you're trusting someone and, and you have to fall back. I think I have a picture here. This looks like something you'd be doing there at camp where you, know, you, you kind of just fall back and you're going to trust the team is going to catch you. You're going to trust in your community that they got your back. And it teaches you, in a sense, to realize that you have to be able to rely on other people to be able to, com to complete your team purposes, right? As a church, we have to rely on each other in order to complete what God has called us to. However, sometimes we recognize that, you know, trusting in people, you know, even the best people sometimes can be a little scary. I said, uh, uh, this is a, a group text arrives during the team building exercise. And they're all like, oh, the team text and then, uh oh, someone's about to have some trouble. Because humans, you know, sometimes they let you down, don't they? Like, sometimes happens. Um, or I think about the idea of uh, trusting, even circumstances sometimes really that. Here's, here's what it looks like when you're, you're doing uh, the trust fall exercise in the COVID era. I have to have enough space away, so I don't know about you, but COVID definitely hurt a lot of people, right? Their, their faith in humanity, their faith in the system, a lot of things were, were broken during that time period. Because the idea of trusting and the idea of having faith in order to move forward, this is something that's really important, but we recognize that the only real person you can ever put your faith in is God. Only one who will never let you down. Even your parents who love you dearly, sometimes they might mess up. Even your closest, best friend, sometimes they're going to not be there for that phone call at that moment, right? Because they're human. Thankfully, we have the divine author of all reality loves us and cares for us, and we can trust in Him. We've been talking about being prepared, and what it means to be prepared. Being able to be ready for whatever comes at us in our, our culture, in our society. Uh, we're looking at, at the world around us, and we're like, man, this kind of seems like the end times. If, if it's coming, we better be ready, right? So we're talking about the things that help us be prepared. And now we've been talking about the, the armor of God, putting on this armor. And part of the armor of God is to make sure faith is part of our everyday routine. In addition to all of this, 
Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. There's a lot of things to unpack in this. Who is this evil one that is attacking? The Satan, the adversary, the, the spiritual force that's at work in this world that is the cause of all this devastation, the poverty, the systematic abuse, the, all, all the things, where, the, the sickness, and all, all this. There's a spiritual force that is at work that is perpetuating and purposely indulging in this. And as humans, yes, we take up our part in it and we kind of go along with it, but there's a schemer who's trying to move us that way. So what we have to do, in addition to all the other things we've been talking about, is take up this shield of faith. Through the thick and the thin, take up the shield of faith. Now, faith is an important word in the book of Ephesians, which we've been talking through, Ephesians 6.16 is what we just read there. Um, but through the entire book of Ephesians, faith is, is a keystone. In fact, uh, when we read uh, Ephesians 2.8, this is the verse that caused Martin Luther to realize that the, the nature of salvation is something that we have to keep our eyes on because it's very easy for us to get caught up in rituals and kind of churchiness and just get kind of... It's the idea that what we do is what saves us. Well, if I'm a good enough person, I have my checklist, I do all these things. Well, I got my, my even, even preparing. Well, I did my, I got my pre preparation, I all the, the armor, so I'm prepared, so therefore I get to go to heaven. It has nothing to do with what you do. It has everything to do with what Jesus did. And that's what we see in Ephesians 2.8. For it is by grace that you have been saved. Through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. If you take it to him, you've confessed it, he forgives it, and you're cleansed of it, you have a relationship with God, you've been saved. Through faith, because you trust in what Jesus did for you on the cross. This is the power of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to recognize that it's everything is in his hands, and all you have to do is put faith in him and trust the work that he did on the cross for you. This is a powerful thing, this faith. This faith, in fact, protects you from all the lies of the enemy. It protects you from all the attacks of the enemy. It protects you from the world as it tries to conform you into another pattern that's alternate to what God wants. This faith lets you hold strong to you. Do you trust that Jesus has saved you? Now, we talk about the shields. Now, sometimes they have these like, little, little shields. This word isn't the little shield. It's actually the, you know, the big shields, the theros. It's actually, uh, you, you'll see it like a big shield so that it can actually protect most of the Roman soldier when they're going into war and all the arrows are coming at them. They're at the front lines. They've got these giant shields that kind of cover the whole body. And they're lathered in, in leather. They're made of like two layers of wood and they have all this oxide in them. They're pretty heavy little uh, big things actually. And it's, it's bound all together by iron. These shields are heavy duty. They're not light. In fact, the word that they use for shield here that is, actually comes from the word door. It's like the size of the door almost. It's holding this thing. It's like protecting yourself with a, a door. It's covering you from head to toe from the attacks of the enemy. This is a heavy duty item. Four foot long and two feet wide. It covers the whole person like a door. Polybius called it the, the first part of the panoply and protect the whole body. This, is, this was the, the key part of the armor that would protect you. And the soldiers would come together and they would make a wall with it. You guys remember the feelings? 
You know, have you ever watched the, the gladiator movies? They were the part is getting all the gladiators come together and they put their shields up and it becomes like a wall. Because together, each person holding your shields until you're all locked, but it becomes a protective wall against the enemy's attacks with their arrows. This is what we're being told to make sure we have with us at all times. Because this is what happens when we come together in faith, when we pray in faith, when we trust Him. There's a shield that comes up, a wall that comes up, and it helps protect not just you, but your family, your church. We as Christians can pray, and I pray that it would help hold up a shield over our city, a shield over our culture, to try to help protect those within. And this is what happens when you come into the battle with faith. You create this impenetrable wall. And so this is why we're called to have faith. This is why you're called to come into the spiritual battle with faith. You have to put a confident trust in the power of Christ. So what is faith? Okay, we're, we can say all these things. I want to give the biblical definition. There's different ways of, of thinking about faith. But Hebrews 1.11, it's, it's a beautiful way it puts it. It says, and there's different translations, but I'm going to come from the uh, NIV. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Remember Abraham and his faith? By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. This is a very powerful definition of faith. Faith gives you access to the spiritual world, what we would call the invisible world. Now I want to point out that the invisible world is no less real than the visible world. So as it feels like it, I would actually argue that the invisible world is more real than the visible world. Because the visible world comes from the invisible world. God himself existed, and then he had the idea, and the, 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 the idea became reality when he spoke the word through Jesus Christ, and then the physical world was created. So the real world is the invisible world, and the visible world comes from the invisible world. So it's actually more real. So people say, I only, it's only real if I believe it, if I see it with my own eyes. Well, there's lots of things that are real that you don't see with your own eyes. Love, for example. Do you even love? Have you ever experienced love? Love is the most wonderful, profound things you can experience in life because it puts you in contact with the invisible world in a very profound way because you recognize, oh, there's something more than all this. There's something more than all this. It's not just a world made up of cells and wood and metal material items. There's something behind it. And so in faith, we trust and we believe that there is an author to this world. And that's how you gain access to the reality behind this superficiality of God. The reality of the invisible world is procured through faith. And that's a powerful thing. I mean, it can be at a very simple level of someone having an idea. Maybe they're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to create a restaurant. They're like, and then they have faith. I believe I can create a restaurant. And they go and they start making a restaurant, and eventually they have a restaurant surrounding all these waiters people coming to it. That all began with this invisible idea and this invisible faith and trust, and then changed the physical world. Isn't that incredible if you think about it? This invisible world of ideas and, and the spiritual world, I would say, ideas, these things actually shape the real world. Now, putting faith in your ability to create a restaurant, that's one thing. Putting your faith in the creator of all things is much more reassuring. 
Because you might try to create an image of something that fails. God will never fail. He made all things. He made you. He designed you. And so if you come into the spiritual battle trusting and having a real faith in him, something changes. And I want to say that I, I recognize as a pastor, um, a lot of times we talk about faith. And the church talks about faith. I don't know how much often we actually explore faith. We actually grow in our faith. We actually think, because I think sometimes we think, oh, faith in Jesus means, oh, I trust in him, I, I said my prayer, I believe in him, I, I have salvation, I'm good. You grow in faith, friends, just like you grow in knowledge, you grow in anything else. You can become more and more faithful. And that's the thing that we're talking about. Picking up the shield each day means each day I'm getting stronger in my faith. And that's the thing I want to aim for because I spent a lot of time studying the Word of God, teaching the Word of God, and I recognized that I didn't spend a lot of time growing my faith. I, I, got, I spent a lot of time growing my knowledge. But did I really believe? And that changes things a lot. There's a lot of people who know a lot of things about spiritual matters. They know a lot of things about the Bible. But do they actually have a real living faith about it? And that, when I realized the dichotomy between my knowledge and my faith level, that hit me hard. Because I was like, wait a second, I'm like, like literally a professional <laughs> for this period of time. And yet, my faith had not caught up to my knowledge. Did I really trust that God could do all things? Did I really trust that God could kill? Did I really trust that God had my back? Did I really trust that in the hard times, he was there with me? Or was I trying to get through in my own strength? When you step up your faith, everything becomes much easier. To grow that, that muscle of faith, you start to be able to react to what happens in life with the ability of trust and going, okay, God, you got me. And that's why it's so powerful because people start to scatter when times get tough. And if their faith isn't strong, they, they, they throw the shield and start turning around and their backs are open and exposed to the attacks. We need this firm resolve in that which we cannot see. God himself. And when you have firm faith, it actually affects the spiritual realm. We see this in 1 Peter 5.8. It says this, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. There literally is an enemy who is looking to take out the weak. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Now, that's one of the things I think about the faith of us in North America. Part of it is because we're not as tested. You go to other places in the world, if you won't stand for Jesus, you're literally putting your life on the line. And so that faith is tested and, and, and sifted. There's a lot of people who are able to say, oh, I have faith but what, have they actually been in the place where the devil is attacking? There's all sorts of ways in which attack happen. And I would say here, it's less on this kind of, you know, literal uh, danger of uh, death for our faith. We don't face that too much in North America. Now we face the danger of, you know, health attacks. We face the danger of uh, social attacks and criticism. We face the danger of lies, we face the danger of defaming. We, we, there's a lot of things that still are an attack against us in here. And so our faith needs to be ready and strong for these things. 
Look who we're defending against. We're defending against burning arrows. I want to point out in Psalm 7 and Proverbs 26, that talks about this. This is an ancient form of attack. He has prepared his deadly weapons. He makes ready his flaming arrows. These arrows are devastating because, I mean, if, you're, if someone's coming in just to attack your, your village and you're, you have, like, any type of roof that's made of hay or anything, you shoot the flaming arrows, all of a sudden your house is done for. Or it's made of wood. Proverbs 26, like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death. I mean, that's quite the interpretation. Quite the translation Flaming arrows were actually very deadly things. Obviously, we were afraid of bullets, but just imagine if you were in a place where just flaming arrows were firing at you nonstop. Those things would go through you like a bullet. Those things would set your house on fire. They would set your clothing on fire. There's a real danger attack. And this technique, uh, basically what they do is they, they dip their um, arrows in like a tar or a pitch and set them on fire, and then it would attack. And we're called to put on the shield of faith. And I would say, is, by the way, as parents or uh, people who have children in your family, one of the things we want to do is we want to put faith on and pray over our children to protect them from the lies and the attacks of the enemy. I, have a, I think I have a picture here of a, a parent um, basically is, is covering the, the, the child from attack. And that's part of our duty, isn't it? Our faith in Christ is there to help prepare them so that they can take up the faith themselves and have the shield of faith. But in the meantime, we're there to protect. Now, flaming arrows cause fear because they're both arrows and fire. I mean, these are two things that are scary, put together in a combo. So when you hear that this is the enemy attacks with, I mean, we should recognize, oh man, that they can actually set us on fire. In fact, your shield could be set on fire because your shield is made out of wood. Of course, it has the leather and trying to protect and stuff. But this is a danger to many warriors. It's one of the reasons why they use the fiery arrows. So they shoot the people who are trying to create your flint feelings and then set the shields on fire and then it opens up holes in the shields. So, what do you do? Does this mean the metaphor doesn't work? How do I stop it with my shield of faith? Well, what was interesting, the Roman soldiers would actually soak the leather on their shields in water before they go to war. So they need the water soaked. I mean, a little bit, even a little bit heavier now. But so when the fiery arrows hit, they would not catch on fire and they'd be protected from the flaming arrows. That's why it says to douse the flaming arrows of the enemy. Literally, these shields were able to put out the arrows so they wouldn't catch on fire and hurt anything else. Because this is one of the things about that, these arrows. These are things that the enemy uses, like lies and such. They can catch on fire, can't they? They hit something, they start spreading. Fear spreads, lies spread. Doubt spreads, like all these things spread like fire. And yet, if you have the shield of faith, you can be the one who douses that arrow when it doesn't spread. It's a powerful thing. And faith helps us prevent the lies from spreading through the community. That's why we have our, our shield wall together. We're able to stop this from attacking and attacking us. And we saw, we know that fear is used to attack humans. We see that all through this last little period. The, the, the church was attacked, I'd say, during the, the, the COVID era, because there was so much fear going on all sides and attacking each other because we were afraid of it. Then they start you know, going around. You're either afraid of COVID or you're afraid of the government. Whoever you're afraid of, you are now not using faith to trust that God is going to stop. You can stand with your community against it, right? Our faith is like a water-soaked shield that's able to protect us from all these arrows. Faith 
allows us to see how the armor of God will actually prevent all these things. Because faith allows us to resist attacks. I mean, there's all sorts of attacks. There's the dark of discouragement. Isn't it? It's just hacks and you're just like, oh, things aren't going quite as I wanted. And you start to get discouraged. And then that gets doused by faith. There's the dart of depression. This is a really heavy one. And we know friends who are going through this. And only faith is able to overcome that. And that takes hard times. And it's not just a simple, like, oh, I, I, a simple prayer. Like, this is talking about a, a struggle with faith and, and walking through it. The dark despair tries to come in, right? And it literally takes people to the, the pits of despair. The enemy loves to erase hope, to make people feel like there's no hope whatsoever. And we see even some of our people who are like, you know, I think of someone like Robin Williams, who was a great light, brought so much joy to people, it was so funny, and, you know, and yet he had been hit by these darts. And we know that sometimes it's biological or psychological. I'm not trying to say that you know, there's not different struggles for people. We know people struggle with these things at different levels, right? And, but it is still, faith is the thing that will help us push through whatever level it comes to us at. We need to keep the faith. I would say faith and doubt aren't opposites. I think sometimes we think of faith and doubt as opposites. I don't think faith is being free from any doubt. I think it's actually carrying on in the midst of doubt. Like, I'm pushing through this. Because we've all been there. Like, God, are you, what are you going to do now? I don't know what's happening. I'm going to trust you anyways. I'm going to trust you anyways. And holding on to that faith. That's important to recognize because sometimes I think the enemy attacks us with lies such as, oh, I'm doubting, therefore I don't have faith, therefore God doesn't care for me. Gonna... No, no, that's not how it works. As you expose the reality of your heart of, you know, we are in a world that we don't know what's going to happen next. We hold on to faith and trust in God that no matter what happens that he'll get us through. He'll be with us. So how do you make sure that you're protected by faith? There's a number of things here, simpler ones and longer ones. I just want to kind of speak into because God's been kind of putting this on my heart. How do we become a people who have faith? Well, the first of all thing is to, to remember that God is not against you. He's for you. He's with you. He loves you. So many times if we have the idea of God loving us based on what we do, we start to look at like, oh no, I know, I messed up this morning. You know, I got angry or I did something like this. And, and, and we start to think like, oh no, God's going to get me. God's going to get me. God is not out to get you. Yes, sometimes he doesn't. I'll say he never disciplines, but the discipline's always a love and for your better. So it's not even then, it's not that God's going to get me. It's God's going to love me into his kingdom. So remember that God is not against you. It's a really important thing to remember because sometimes we forget who's on our team. The maker of the game. Second, always be prepared. This be prepared thing, it, it means that attacks can come at any time. Anytime. So we have to be prepared to respond with faith at any moment because you're you know, expecting that call that comes in and something has happened. Your faith has to be ready at that moment. You can't just conjure up faith in the moment. You have to be growing your faith every day through our, our disciplines. We'll talk about that a little bit, how you, how you build up these things. But just remember, 
Being prepared means that the faith has to be in place for when it happens. Yes, the things can help grow your faith, I'm not saying circumstances don't, but having the faith in place allows you in that moment to be able to respond in real time to whatever comes. Have faith in God when you're under attack by someone else. Have you ever felt like, you know, maybe someone at work who's just like, wants to climb up the ladder so they're always cutting you down behind your back? Or if you're at school, maybe it's the school he's just like, wants to prop up their own popularity so they're kind of chipping away at you. Right? There's, there's, this is the reality of the world. We live in a world where people will attack you to try to get themselves ahead. Try to pull you down the ladder so they can get above you. So when that happens, have faith in God to defend you. You know, if you're getting slandered, it's just slander back. Well, then you become just as bad as that, don't you? And that's a hard truth. That we don't want to become like the very people that are attacking us. The Lord will see two bitter, bitter angry people, right? Rather than the one. So we have to be careful that we don't engage and put ourselves in the same playing field. Be trusting God in these attacks. Now, I'm not saying you don't say any word of defense. What I'm saying is we can't play the same game. You can't put yourself to a place where now you are using evil to combat evil. That's a hard thing to trust, right? Okay, God, I'm going to let you be my defender. Here's another one. I want to, I want to challenge you. If there's something going on in your heart lately, that you've kind of felt that like God's put on your heart, and it's been kind of sitting there, and you're wondering, I want to ask you to, to exercise your faith. To step out in faith. That is not an easy thing. I've done it a number of times in my life. When it's like literally like move from one place to another place, right? It's like, ah, that, that is a heavy thing. Act when you feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Because it takes courage to do that. Unless you're like, this sounds crazy. Or, Why am I doing this? Or what about this and this and this? And all these things go on. But once you are certain, and to know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you isn't just I have a feeling. It's like I've searched the scriptures. It's aligned with scriptures. I've talked to wise counsel. Right? I've, I've, you do the full gambit of it. But once you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking something, then you need to step out and do it. That takes guts. Maybe it's uh, simple as someone keeps cutting down your faith. And God's kind of on your heart. Hey, next time, speak up. Say something about. Okay, then, if He's put that in your heart, then speak up at the right moment. Have that faith, that courage to step out in faith. You don't have to, like, get in a huge argument. Just represent Jesus. Actually, my faith has been really helpful in my journey, and I can do it without God. Simple. So I'm saying, when you have something put in your heart for God, step out and exercise it. It's not easy. Part of this is also speaking truth against lies, to have faith that God's word is true. So when you hear attacks on things, to speak the truth, to say, actually, no. Declaring the truth is actually an act of faith. It's like, I trust the word of God. I trust the truth of what's been done in Jesus. And I'm going to speak this out. Sometimes I think it's actually important to speak it out loud, by the way, because you might say it in your own heart, but actually get it externalized. When you speak words out loud, something can happen in your own heart and in other people's hearts. It actually puts 
your faith into the world in physical form, into sound waves. The invisible is now in the physical world. And there's something powerful that happens when you, when you speak it, and then when you receive it. And just remember to believe it, because it bolsters your faith, the truth of God. In order to put on the shield, make sure you spend time talking with God. There's no other way in order to actually grow in your faith. It's actually, and this is the thing I, I learned to grow in. As I started praying more to God, I started having more and more faith that I could hear what he's going to speak to my heart in that moment. He puts things on my heart. But it took me speaking to him, sharing with him, and after time learning the voice and learning the difference between my voice and his voice, because sometimes we like to trick ourselves into thinking things. Right? God really wants me to have a Lambo. I don't know that Pastor Ciro. Right? Prayer strengthens faith. I just want to put this up to you. Write down your prayer requests. When you see your prayer requests answered, it changes hearts. This is why I, I have a prayer journal. Every time I feel like I speak to you, I bring up prayers. Because I go back and see, like, oh, and it increases my faith. Oh, the Lord answered this prayer. Oh, yeah. Pray with others, whether it's family, your small group, get, get, get together. If something happens in group prayer. I just want to point this out there. If you have prayer requests, we have prayer at thegroundswellchurch.com. It's a great place to just have your prayer requests come in, and we pray for that every week on Tuesdays, 7 p.m. Free to join us, but you're also free just to send us prayer requests, because we want to be praying for our people, because we have faith that God moves when we pray, and we see that. Make sure you recall the times in your life when God comes through. It's an important thing to part of life. And we see this in the Psalms, by the way. There's the whole Psalms that are just like retelling of Exodus story. Like, why is this happening? It's because in the act of remembering in prayer what God has done, it emboldens and produces faith. Oh yeah, Lord, that time when I was down and I felt like I didn't know what I'd ever do again. You picked me up and lifted me up and look where you brought me. This grows your faith. It allows you to have faith in the next obstacle that comes your way. I don't know how many times in my life before I used to like say prayers to God and be like, okay, if you do this, this prayer, I'll remember you forever. And I immediately forgot, even though he answered it. We need to remember when he acts. We need to recite the history of God showing up in our lives. And pray to him and thank him for those things. That's why thankfulness is a, a way to grow in your faith as well. Thank you, Lord, for the time to do this. Thank you for the time to do this. Thank you for what you're doing right now. It grows your faith to be able to withstand the ups and downs of life, the attacks. Now, if you're in a real place of like, you know, depression or intense spiritual attack, you know what? It can be through, lots of things can be through uh, past abuse. It can be your, your present circumstances. It can be health circumstances, right? Where this is like really difficult issues. It can be mental health or, or anything else. One of the ways that we help keep the faith is to talk with one another. That's why I'm thankful that your mom asked you to come to church. I know it's not easy, but she's in the hospital. But she wants you to be able to have some people to speak with because we can help increase each other's faith. Because you're not alone. That's not easy, but this is how the world is able to, we're not able to resist the world. Sorry, that we have faith because we come together and we speak to each other. And then your faith helps bolster my faith. There's time when I'm feeling down and someone else can pray in faith for me and with me. And then my faith starts to grow. My faith tank starts to fill. 
You know, it depends on how intense things are, right? It might be a good friend, it might be a small group. You might want to come talk to a pastor or a lead team. You, you might have a spiritual director or a spiritual advisor or a Christian counselor, I'll even suggest, if you, if you need someone to talk to, come talk to me. Sometimes we need these people in our lives to help us integrate the truth of the Word of God with the realities in our lives. And that will help you grow your faith because you're not alone in this truth. So I just want to recall really quickly, you know, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your, your faithfulness to Groundswell. I remember five years ago in June when we started meeting. We didn't know what was coming, and yet you called us to form a church, and you, you were there for us, and you helped form us, and you guide us, and you place us from place to place, and we were the moving church, the church and it would be easy to let go of, and yet we held on and we trusted in you and you brought us to many things. You brought us to COVID, the ups and downs and the, the difficulties of people and different views on COVID and, the, and, the, and how the whole church across our country was being divided, Lord God, and you, you helped hold us together. You brought us through many times, ups and downs, through um, question marks, through uh, different attendances, through different places. And so we trust in you now. We, we have faith in you that you have brought us here together. You are serving us. You're caring for us and that we can serve you and care for others as a result. So I just pray, Lord God, that you bolster our faith in what you are doing here with us as a church. And you help us just be able to stand strong and take up the shield of faith each day, individually and as a church. Lord God, I pray that we listen to this verse. I pray that we take up the shield of faith each day. I pray we keep the faith, Lord God, for we trust in you and we trust in your word. Amen. Romans 13, 12 says this. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. May we put on the armor of light so the darkness does not swallow us up. Our Lord, felt the darkness around him. He saw death calling his name and moving, and he cried out, Lord, I think this will be it. He trusted the Father enough even to go to the the pioneer and the author of our faith. And we put our hope and trust in him. As we put faith in him, he grows us in faith. And so today, as we come to the table and receive the body and the blood of Christ, I just pray that you would receive it as a chance to bolden your faith, to increase your faith, to have a, a spiritual gift of faith placed into your hands and taken into your body, and you would be able to use powers of the faith of God himself to go about your week facing from the day he betrayed our Lord to bread. Thank you, thanks, and thank you for the sustenance of life of Christ. He broke it. He said, this is my body given for you. And likewise, he took the cup. He said, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. 
Theophilus, you eat of this bread and you drink of this cup. You proclaim the hope that Christ will return and destroy all evil and your faith will make you triumphant. Come to the table today in faith. Receive the body.